Hello and welcome to the Time to Ride podcast with me, Simon, the spokesman, Macrath. This week, my guest is Transition Cycle and Neo Pro Cycle Coaching's Jodie Warrington. Not the best lies, Simon, unfortunately. Good evening, Jodie. How are you? Very good, mate. How are you? I'm very good. Yes. Weather's been very Are you going to use video? Not the uh, best light in my office at this time. I've got a garden office. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to use the video. I, I started using the video and putting it on YouTube. Uh, I think the first six episodes, but then thought no, it's going to detract from any listeners. So I mm. uh, I decided not to. So well, welcome to Time to Ride. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Um. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. Um, but before we get started, I want to take you back 20 years to the 2001 National Junior Road Race Championships in Cublington. There's a, a couple of your contemporaries doing rather well this week um, in Mr. Cavendish and Mr. Thomas. Um, yes. What do you remember of that infamous day? So back clean, where was this one, sorry? Cublington, Cublington, uh, in 2001. Uh, I think you came 23rd in the... 23rd, yeah. Yeah. So it was a a really funny day, that one, because you had your your clear strongest riders was Matt Bramier and Adam Duggleby. They were like the two dominant athletes. Then you had Cavendish, Christian Varley, etc. And they were sort of like just a little bit behind them. And I think more in terms of development, I think Kevin, uh, sorry, Bramier and Duggleby was just a bit more developed. And a break went away in that race and Bramier didn't get in the break. And basically Bramier tried again and again and again to get across. And it was just chase. Nobody had worked with him. And that's the way it went for the full race. And then I thought, we're not going to catch this break. And I actually attacked the peloton with about three miles to go. And I broke away. I can't remember. It was a rider from Milton Keynes. I can't remember his, I can't remember his name now. I broke away, yeah. And I took 23rd. I think that was when the, the young lad from Liverpool got a second. I can't remember his name now. Uh yeah, a long time ago, Simon. A long time ago. I know. Yeah, I know. So. I, I, it's only relevant to me because my teammate won that day, Stefan. So it's like, yeah, that's the only reason I know all about all this stuff. Stefan did win, and it, that was yeah. like a real wow, wow. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but he he got in that break, and none of the favourites got in the break, and because they didn't, it just the race was shut down. It was just it, it was a weird, yeah. weird race. It really was. Yeah, he won. Yeah, Stefan won it that yeah. year. God, yeah, Stefan, yeah. I forgot his, about him, if I'm totally honest, yeah. I think he hung his wheels up six months later. It's like, no, he's a bit yeah. than that. But yeah, he never went on to do anything. And I, I t- obviously, I've done Stefan on the podcast. Um, and I think he lost that kind of motivation once he didn't get selected for the Worlds. Uh, whereas it used to be an automatic shoe-in if you were the national champion. Um, I think right. that changed the ruling. Um, and he didn't get to go to the Worlds. And I think that kind of just knocked the stuffing out of him. Um, which I can empathise with to a certain degree. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it was such a talented... The riders who he was up against, we just look at them now, the dominant still to this day, you know, it was, it was a fantastic crop of riders and they still are up there on the World Tour stage now, aren't they, yeah. performing? So, yeah, yeah. it was a top competition. 
Well, I, I'm, I'm looking at some of the result sheets at the moment, um, and we've got such a plethora of cracking riders. You know, Carthy, Knox is riding well. And then you've mm. got the, the usual suspects, and you're thinking, wow, we really have got um, a, a dirge of cracking riders. Um, and young Pidcock, I've got him down, and I, I'll put it out there again, I've got him down to podium in Roubaix. I just think he's that kind of rider with that little bit mm. of luck that everybody needs in Roubaix. We all know you need that little bit of luck. Yep. But he's just, from that cyclocross background, I've seen him have a bike sideways coming around corners, and you're thinking... Oh, this guy can handle a bike, and I think Roubaix be just his kind of territory. Um, Absolutely, and if you look at the way he's, he's stepped up already this season, and like for, for Tom, the biggest thing for Tom is just that confidence. Like, what once that confidence comes, and, and that's it. He's just he comes into his own then, and yeah. that young man will flourish. And we've seen it already. Yeah. We really are, aren't we? Yeah. Um, which brings me to when did you hang your wheels up and? Startup is it transition cycle coaching? Yes, I've got transition cycle coaching. I've got Neo Pro who works so Neo Pro works with athletes who are on the verge of turning pro or have, have aspirations to turn professional. Um, I hung my wheels up 2003, I think it was. The sport wasn't what it's like now, so um, I sort of just got to the point within my I think it was like 18 at the time. And I just went and hold this a Falaraki with my friends and <laughs> sort of went down that route and just filtered away from the support, the sport. Um, I did make a return back to the sport six years later uh, when I saw everybody took a world tour and I thought, no way, like, look how the, the sport's evolved. And I did make that return, but just realised that I lost six vital years in terms of that aerobic development you need. And when I made the return, I got my second car in about four or five races and stuff. But life was just different then. And I don't know, something was just, something was gone. So it just wasn't the same. And then I started the coaching then. And I, yeah, I went down that coaching journey and never looked back, to be honest. So let's drill in to uh, Neopro cycle coaching and transition cycle coaching. What's the difference between the two? Just to clarify to anybody that's listening and is thinking, hold on, I, I've been thinking about getting a personal coach. Where's the difference between the transition and the Neo Pro? Yeah, so transition works with amateur athletes who have full-time work and family commitments. So we've got a lot of time trialists, a lot of sportive riders, etc., who we work with at transition. And then one day we I just had this thought of doing a specific under-23 coaching company. And that's where Neil Pro was born. And I remember writing on an envelope in my office, Neil Pro Cycle Coaching Limited. And I liked the look of it. And then I ran with it. And then I created Neo. And what I've tried to do is, well, well, not what I've tried to do, what I have done is I've created a specialist team of coaches at Transition who have experience of, you know, built juggling their training around work and family commitments. And then with Neo, I built a team of athletes who have gone on to go through the junior ranks under 23 and become a Neo Pro. So we've got depth of experience within each each brand. Um, so, yeah, it's just, yeah, full-time work, family commitments and people who are youngsters, really. So let's name drop. I know that there's, you've got Phil Jones and Lee Eaton up uh, with Transition. Um, who have we got on the Neo Pro side? 
coaches wise. Yes, what? Yeah. Coach, yeah, yeah, coaches. So we've got a uh, Joshua Hunt, Joshua Hunt is uh, Jez's younger brother. He wrote for uh, Sky and Josh is our head of athlete performance. We've got Sam Williams, who was uh, rolled for one pro with Josh. We've got uh, Mikey Thompson, who rolled for Wiggins. And we've just took Boris Clark on, who lives in uh, New Zealand. Boris has just completed his master's. Phenomenal coach. So, yeah, Boris is a new coach who just joined the team last week. And that's it. And then, yeah, for myself. Which website's best for everybody to go on to then? If anybody's looking at any of these options, um, how's the best to get in touch with you guys? So transition is onlinecyclecoaching.com and NeoPro is neo-pro.co.uk. Perfect. So how many members have you got on the, your books at the moment? Um well, we've got we've got transition. We've got Neil. Well, sorry, go on, Simon. No, 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 go on. Because um, I've been looking through. I've, I've been more kind of looking at the transition cycle coaching, and I see that you've got kind of almost like a, um, a club membership, and it's saying you've got thirty club members. And if anybody looks on the website, do have a read of some of the testimonials. Um, it certainly puts any questions that you might have about whether you should or shouldn't have a coach, even as an amateur rider, uh, yeah. if, if you want to improve your PBs on whether it be a 10 or 25 or a sportive, I know we shouldn't be racing sportives, but everybody does. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so how, how many how many Neo pros would you say? Because as I say, I've got that 30 club members. Yeah, so we've got, uh, I've got transition cycle coaching, Neo pro, and then the faster program, we've worked with female Athletes with building training around the menstrual cycle. So I have 12 coaches who work for me in total. Um, in terms of the, the volume of riders we've got, we've got around 250 athletes now worldwide, all, all over the world. Um, yeah, and it's just been on a, a steady increase from day one. And we've not paid, we've not put any money into advertisements. We've done nothing with our, our marketing budget has been zero. It's just all come from word of mouth just our athletes talking from the services we've obviously received from us and it's just been organic growth for the last 10 years yeah and I've, I never in my wildest dream envisioned being at this point to be honest with you Simon it's just something which I thought I would just give it a go and then obviously it's uh we're seeing real success and like I said we've got athletes all over the world now which is fantastic you mentioned it there uh, the Women's Faster, uh, using the Fitar Coach app. Let's drill into that a little bit more, because when I read that, my eyes widened, and I'm thinking, the, as the father of three daughters, it's like, well, hold mm. on. Um, this sounds groundbreaking. This is something that, hold on, if my daughter shows an interest in racing a bike, I want her to be involved in this in some way. Can we drill a bit deeper into that and tell me more about that? Absolutely. So there's, for all females, there's a fluctuation of hormones each month and there's implications due to those fluctuations of hormones in terms of recovery, in terms of performance. And, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a massive thing within female athletes in terms of not having periods and then from this menstrual cycle dysfunction and not having a period, it's because they're not a healthy athlete and they tend to go on the contraceptive pill 
and they start to have a period again, but it's being obviously manipulated by the contraceptive pill, but they're still not a healthy athlete. And it's so common for male coaches to not look at this aspect with the females, to not actually look at their individual response to each phase of the menstrual cycle and build the training around each of those phases. And my, me, myself, Simon, was... I was the same, like four years ago, I wasn't looking at these areas and I was working with female clients. And I remember one of my female clients said to me, I've not had a period for two years. I was thinking about going on the contraceptive pill and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's probably the right thing to do. And I look back now and think, wow, can't believe, like I was one of those people. And when I started to delve deeper into it, I started to look at each phase of the menstrual cycle and looking at what the response was. It was fascinating because it was like I just took a, a very talented girl from um, Liverpool on and she, her coach wasn't looking at anything she was doing in terms of her response to each phase of the menstrual cycle. So one of her phases is the luteal phase. And when in, in the luteal phase, there's two key things which happen in that phase. The first thing is the, your access to carbohydrates is blunted. So you've got a very poor ability at accessing carbohydrates. And the second thing is your rate of recovery is really poor. So if you hit a female athlete in this phase of training with too much intensity, with intensity which is indicative to carbohydrates, so threshold, VO2 work, et cetera, they're not going to, number one, be able to access that energy source. And number two, the rate of recovery is lower. So we create this dead end fatigue. And this is where a lot of the problems arise. And this female athlete had a power profile and he tested her within the luteal phase. It's the worst place ever to test an athlete in this phase because, you know, from a hormonal perspective, they can't access that top end power anyway. Um, and the last time he tested her, it was in um, the phase, which was two days after a period where hormones are, are the lowest and that's where they can perform at the best. So, just little things like that, which for the female, she feels like she's not responding or she's not adapting to the training when it was just a case of you just tested her in the wrong phase. And, you know, we, we can go really in depth. And some females have way worse symptoms than others. They're all different. And there's massive, massive individuality there. Uh, but it's very important that with sort of menstrual cycle dysfunction, the biggest things here, it comes from sort of low energy availability, and fatigue, too much fatigue, so we'll overtraining it. And you see it time and time again, you know, red syndrome and, you know, women trying to lose weight and doing fasted training. So following certain male training protocols and doing it themselves, which doesn't work. Uh, but it's been profound. This last, I've been doing it for eight months now, and it's been absolutely profound. Like the, just these slight subtle tweaks we made with the females training and, We've just, they've been adapting so much better and, you know, it's been, it's been really refreshing and this is something I'm really passionate to, you know, really drive forward. And I'm like you, Simon, I've got, I've got two young daughters myself who probably will get into sport when they're older. So, yeah, I've got that uh, real connection as well with my daughters. I say, I'd find it very, um, very strange that there's two men discussing this. It would be... I, I look forward to speaking to, I've got um, the DS of um, St. Piran uh, coming on at the end yep. of the season. Um, and it's like, it'd be nice to discuss that. Obviously, the women, they've got the full women's team um, and I've had two of their members on the podcast. And it'd be nice to discuss that with them. Because um, I always remember um, Victoria Pendleton being interviewed after the Olympics, one of the races. And I think she 
was in her menstrual cycle and hadn't performed as well as she thought. And you're thinking, wow, um, were the coaches, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll name names because he's never going to be chasing after me, but I, the finger always gets pointed at Shane Sutton for being uh, this kind of aggressive coach, um, which mm. respond to really well. Were they armed with all the information that they could have had? Um, and I doubt that somewhat because this sounds groundbreaking to me. This, you know, women will be aware of it, but as a as a male cycle coach, you know, you're you're saying it's relatively new to you as well. It's you know, or not now because you you know you're working alongside it. But mm. um, no, I, I it's just... right. I mean, it's like we've got one of our coaches, Grace Garner. So, um, you know, Grace went on to turn pro, and she's one of my coaches now, who I'm personal mentoring and I'm training up Grace and she said to me Jody I've probably had 10 coaches throughout my career and not once have I ever spoke to any of my coaches about my period or anything we've just trained and she says it's really interesting with what you're saying because there's, there's certain points in my training where I just couldn't hit the numbers and I felt really tired and my coach would look at my nutrition but that was it and nothing else was looked at and she goes makes massive sense and if I knew that, because like with some of my females within that luteal phase, which I spoke about, it's a case of just stripping back all the intervals and just focusing on endurance work. Because one one key benefit within this phase is the ability to access fat as a fuel source is, is, is enhanced. So your, your, your fat adaptation or fat oxidation work is improved within this area. So you can uh, still adapt the athlete and take them forward. You're just looking at that individual response and you can sort of bypass the frustrations because at all cycle, this is male and female, there's nothing worse when you've got a planned training session and you can't complete the training session, but self-doubt creeps in. And this is one of the biggest things, which then impacts your consistency in terms of your training. With females, this happens as well. And with the fluctuation of hormones, there's a fluctuation in, in, in temperament and with mood with that as well. It's natural. So... By catching that and managing that, you, you have a much happier athlete who has a deeper level of own personal self-awareness. And then they get that empowerment. They start to understand their cycles. They start to become in tune with their cycles and feed it back to us. And then we create this lovely synergy where we can respond to that correctly and have clear blocks of work, clear blocks of rest, which is individual for them. And yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be something which I feel the faster program is going to be probably the biggest brand out of all my brands because I see this massive gap in the market um, because we get results. We adapt our athletes and with this newfound knowledge of the menstrual cycle and looking at the individual response. Yeah. So really excited and yeah, really, yeah. Something I'm looking forward to pushing further into the future. My ears pricked up when you mentioned they're using fat as a fuel. I've, I've just been doing a little bit of research um, looking at Sean Sacco um, and using the ketosis kind of approach to things. I find it very difficult because I've been brought up with this mentality, you know, you need your pastas, you need your rices, you need to have that carbohydrate. And I tried it last season towards the end of the season. And I, I used to race at my best at 72 kilos. And I went down to 70 kilos without changing any of my training, or any of my racing. And it's I never felt so strong. And I, I don't think I was born at 70 kilos. It's like, uh, this is ridiculous. And I hadn't lost the power. <laughs> but it's 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 really difficult, you know, in a family environment to say, right, all I'm going to do is eat proteins. And it's like, this is impossible. Um, but it's something that I, I need to kind of 
explore a little bit more of other ways around it. So, yeah, if that's the thing where women in that luteal phase can utilize the fat burning rather than the carbohydrate side of things, they might not lose that top end. I don't know, but it's, it's all very intriguing. I have to be honest with you. It is intriguing. And, you know, manipulating carbohydrates around the intensity of training, it all comes sort of to the surface when Dr. James Morton started to work with Team Sky and he started to, you know, look at it in that way. And I think what you've got to remember, Simon, is the most optimal optimal approach is not always the most optimal approach. So I so I look at, you know, manipulating carbohydrates as a very advanced technique. So you see a lot of people using this technique when they've got so many basic adaptations uh, to come from the training. So it's very much an advanced technique. Like for me as a performance coach, it's all around metabolic flexibility. So it's all about fully carbohydrates before some training sessions and then going at lower carbohydrates for the training sessions and just, just, just mixing up and getting that balance. Where I see athletes go wrong is when they go into this I want to become fat adaptive. So I'm going to really manipulate my carbohydrates. I'm going to remove the carbohydrates. I'm going to do fasted work. I'm going to train low glycogen uh, with low glycogen availability and they improve that area. But what happens is they become really poor at flux in the carbohydrates. So they, they become an engine, fat adaptive, but then the top end, that ability to access the glycogen becomes really poor. So you've got to get that balance where you're training both so you, become, you can become something called metabolically flexible. That's what you're looking to achieve with the training, but not for everybody. You know, the optimal approach is not always the optimal approach. You've got to, you're dealing with a lot, you know, with stress, work commitments, family commitments. There's so many aspects to it. And I think the, the biggest thing and the overriding thing always is the progression principle. Are you being progressive with the training you do you're doing? Are you gradually overloading the muscular system or you gradually overloading the cardiovascular system that's what at the core of it that's the aspect you need to nail then all the other stuff are marginal gain concepts where you start to incorporate them to see so um very very individual this aspect extremely individual you touched on it there marginal gains and stress which brings me on to i got bought for my birthday a copy of the chimp paradox professor steve peters and it's transformed me in the space of a month, um, my yes. mental approach to it. And I've, I saw you did a little YouTube video um, quoting who you're going to be and the whole mental health thing. I find it very interesting, this whole chimp paradox thing. Um, and I see that there's um, Tim Buckle. Um, he's yep. part of that team. Um, he does uh, some of the troop as a as an offshoot to the Chimp Paradox. It's uh, like a, a webinars and website uh, called the Troop. Um, I know that it's a very strong part of your ethos is this mental strength and yes. health. Um, and there's so many cyclists in the history books who have suffered dramatically. Um, not just yes. me and you. Um, what approach are you bringing to, to your, um, I call them your protégés, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, fantastic. it's a great question. And one of the biggest things I educate my athletes with is, you know, where you place your thoughts, you place your energy. So there's a, there's a thinking and feeling a feeling and thinking loop. So you think a thought and then it creates a, 
a cocktail of chemicals within the body which creates a feeling and then the feelings feedback to the mind and you've got the thinking and you've got the feeling loop and I really try to emphasize my athletes that where you place your thoughts you place your energy so who is it you want to become as an athlete so I get my athletes to look forward three to five years of who they want to become and then we do a task of okay that's the athlete you want to become how do you feel the athlete will think how do you feel the athlete will feel what do you feel the athlete will do in terms of daily rituals and I really don't get them to sort of look into the future at this future person and then I do something called standing guard at the gate of your mind so with the athletes then I get them to consciously observe the subconscious thoughts obviously that in the in the chin paradox they've got uh, different names for the parts of the brain uh, but I get them to catch the thoughts and ask this very vital question. Are these thoughts serving me in terms of the future person I want to become or are these thoughts holding me back? If the thoughts are serving them and they're empowering thoughts, I get them to think about it more and talk more and fantasise about it and create that thinking, feeling loop from the mind to the body, from the body to the mind again and again and again because you you're firing new neurological connections and you know you, you start to become that person because you think about it. But if you start thinking of thoughts which are holding you back from the future person you want to become, I get my athletes to do affirmations. So they'll, they'll, they'll create five key affirmations. So it's something like, I'm the most focused, driven, dynamic cyclist in the world, whatever it is, but five empowering affirmations. So whenever I've been those negative feelings and they're a bit automatic and, they, and they've got anxiety or anything and they can't sort of stop thinking on, they do the affirmations and they do it until they start to feel positive and upbeat. Once one of them is dead simple, I am happy, I am happy, I am happy, I am happy. And, and they repeat it again and again and again. Close your eyes, think about smiling. You start to feel happy. Repeat, I am happy. And all of a sudden, you stop thinking about those thoughts which are holding you back and you start to fire the old self and hire the new self and I believe 50 60 days of really committing to this task you can really start to change the, the way you think and the way you feel and then the end result is a different individual turns up every single day and you start doing the daily actions which will which will obviously step you towards your goal and it, it all comes from those daily actions today is as important as when you achieve your goal, because you have to take today, you have to take this step today to take the next step tomorrow, because it's the compounding of those steps. But what holds you back is you. It's you against you. You know that, Simon. We all know that. It's you against you. Um, so, yeah, that's basically the nutshell. We're very, very straightforward, but how I sort of work with athletes in that respect. There is an irony, because I, I know the more I ride my bike, the better I feel and the more positive I feel. Um, but for me to, to take it seriously again, I needed to find that place to deal with that anxiety, which the rest of the life had kind of thrown at me. And, you know, there's nothing sinister. It was just the, the, the accumulation of lots of little things that I hadn't dealt with. And, and my chimp was out of control and mm. started getting back on the bike and reading the book at the same time and just all of a sudden I, I can almost turn the clock back 20 years to when I was riding at my best and it was I don't know about you it was when you start getting results uh, and and I think winning for me was a big thing because all of a sudden I started feeling invincible um, yeah. and I was no spring chicken even when I was at my best and it was like oh hold on 
that confidence that I had, I could take into any situation. And then life got in the way and it turned it all upside down. And that confidence went. And subsequently over the years, that confidence got chipped away even more to the point where I could barely pick up a spanner to work on a bike. It was almost like I was getting the yips in the golf parlance. Yeah. It's like, I, I, hold on, what do I do? Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, how do I do this? Am I going to over-talk it? No, it's a torque wrench. How, you're not going to over-talk it. You said it. But it's, I almost questioned yeah. everything I did. And not only did I do the job, I double-checked it. I triple-checked it. It was just ridiculous. It was getting to mm. the point that I was doubting. It's that self-doubt. Everything I did, I was doubting. And now in the last, like I say, last month, I'm not doing that anymore. It's like, hold on, that's yeah. your chimp out of control. Box him off, put him away. It's like, deal with him, calm him down, placate him, whatever he needs, give him a banana, but put him back in his box. And it's like, wow, what a difference. Um, and it's, I, 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 it's powerful. Yeah. It's strong stuff. And it's like, I, I'd heard of it. I'd heard of it working with the Sky Boys and David Brailsford and what have you. And it was like, it's another one of those marginal gains. It, anybody that is listening to this and is not a cyclist and you're struggling with a bit of mental health, with a bit of anxiety, which we know can lead on to stronger things of depression, get a copy yeah. of this book. Get, get, talk to people. That's the big thing. Talk to people as well, because you're not on your own. Um, there's lots of us out there that have struggled in the past, but this has made a massive difference to me, and I think it would make a massive difference to the man in the street as well. Yeah, I've not read the book. I've never read the book. It's, it's one book which I've not read. Um, I think one of the biggest things is your thoughts are not real, and people just sort of feel that the thoughts are real, and oh, this is just the way I am, you know. I've, I've done stuff and I always mess up or I'm really unlucky or yeah, I suffer from anxiety or I'm rubbish at this and I'm rubbish at They just project these things on themselves and they just create this belief that this is who they are as an individual, but it's, it's not, you know, we, we're programmed from, well, the first, from years what, zero to seven, that's where, you know, we pick up all our programs from our parents, from our peers, from the environment we're, we're, we're around. And then from there on then, you know, we're going to, the world and we've got these programs but they can be changed they can be changed and it, it all comes from obviously you're looking at it with what, what i can grasp is the, the chimp is you know that part of the, the the mind which is the negative part but probably the part which snaps you know the you've got like you can respond can't you or you can i can't remember what I'm saying this now you can uh you can there's <laughs> In a simple that, analogy, it's that fight or flight scenario. Um, and it, 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 it's all those feelings. They're real feelings, but it's knowing how to manage those feelings realistically. Absolutely. It's like I don't snap or lose my rag. Or I, used to, I remember I've done stuff in the past in a business perspective where I sent that email where I don't do it anymore. I just sit back on it just a few hours and think about it. Go right then, come from a different angle. It's made, it's made massive change, uh, you know, within my life. But you are not your thoughts, and you know, you have the power within you to make massive change. And I've made massive change in my life. You know, I was an individual who left school with no GCSEs, nothing. I washed pots and pans for years, and you know, I just 
a very poor outlook on life. I wanted to be a professional cyclist. That didn't happen. And then I'm just working these rubbish jobs. I did it for years and years and years and years. And then something in me, I knew that I had a different purpose with, with inside me. And it took big, massive change, obviously. And then, you know, I've, I've grown along the way. But anything is possible. And it, it starts with that. Just being aware of what you're thinking and just knowing that it's not all true, you know, and you, you, you can change aspects. So before we wrap up, Jodie, what's on the horizon for Jodie Warrington? For Jodie Warrington, obviously it's a very interesting question because with the way the world's been the last 12 months, it's been uh, difficult for everybody, hasn't it? It's been a, it's, it's been a difficult time. And I've learned a lot these 12 months. If anything, I've come out of them a much stronger person in terms of my own self-awareness as an individual. I've got massive aspirations in terms of coaching at the highest level. You know, I, I want to be revered globally as one of the world leading coaches. And I, I don't mind saying that, but that's my aspirations. And, you know, I put the work in daily to become that person. I'm extremely passionate about transition, about Neo, about the FASTA programme. I've got phenomenal teams working and I just manage and mentor and help those teams now. And that's, that's my role. I do coach still. I've got a select number of athletes to coach, but it's more just managing these brands. And yeah, I just want to take those three brands onto the world stage. That, 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 that's my drive. I think I've definitely found my purpose in life and yeah, I'm just going to, I know I'm on the right track, so I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. It's working and, you know, taking those three brands forward. Um, I found a new love for sort of changing my body. I've got really passionate about, you know, my own. Um, I was in the gym and then obviously the gym's closed. So I started doing a lot of calisthenics and I've become quite passionate about that. So that's one avenue I want to explore a bit more once things start to open up. But yeah, other than that, just yeah, doing what I've been doing for the last 10 years and keeping stepping forward. Brilliant. Uh, an open invitation to you. If you're up in Kendall, up in the north, um, do drop in and see us at the Spokesman. Uh, we're in the ski shop at Anything Technical. Obviously, the doors are closed at the moment, um, but after the 12th of April, I think things change. So, But you're more than welcome. And if you've got your bike with you, bring your bike and we'll get out on the bike. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Sounds to, perfect. Lovely to speak to you, mate. Look after yourself and uh, hopefully we'll see you very soon. Well, yeah, well, thank you very much for the conversation and invite me onto your show uh, look forward to listening to it back and yeah really appreciate it Simon thanks very much Jordy look after yourself take care look. see you, you soon too. bye mate bye this week's time to ride was brought to you by Transition Cycle Coaching Neo Pro Cycle Coaching and the spokesman bespoke bicycle wheel building and repairs <laughs>